August 31st in St. Louis. Welcome into Daily Cards live here on ClabesOnline.com. That's Bob Ramsey. I'm Matthew Rocchio. And we're going to talk a little Cardinals baseball here on a Wednesday afternoon. The Cardinals, Game 3 in Cincinnati as they look to wrap up the month of August here on a high note. Last night, obviously, a low note in the series. Rubber match today against the Reds. Before we get talking all about that, let's talk a little bit about how well Bob Ramsey's doing today on this fine Wednesday. Bob, how you doing? Well, I'm doing the podcast outside on a patio. Uh, couldn't It can't get any better. It's a gorgeous day in St. Louis, and it's always fun to talk baseball. Absolutely, absolutely. So a little bit of a disappointing game yesterday for the Cardinals. Obviously, anytime you lose 5-1, to one, it's a bummer. But at the same time, they are 21-7 and seven through the month of August, so it's kind of hard to, to harp too much on just one game. But nonetheless, there are some takeaways that we want to hit on. I think the first one, the most obvious one, is Dakota Hudson struggling again. Four and two-thirds innings pitched. Five earned runs, nine hits, just two strikeouts, and one walk allowed. He also had the home run in there, obviously, as well. And just despite the one positive blip, if you will, for Hudson here in the month, I think it's all but confirmed that we're going to see a shakeup in the rotation. Yeah, you know, there are several ways to go here. And first of all, about Dakota, when he's on, he's very good because he keeps the ball down and gets ground balls. But his inconsistency has is just untenable. You can't try and win and win a championship with inconsistency. I thought his previous start, he was pitching to get another start. I thought last night he was pitching to get another start. And uh, I really think... Um, with another huge variable that we have to include, if if Flaherty, who's pitching in Springfield tonight, if he's respectable, I don't see how he doesn't take Hudson's start next week. Yeah, you, I, I just think it's inevitable. Yeah, the only and get I, I think this is a, a low chance, but I'll, I'll just throw it out here. The only reason Dakota Hudson gets another start is because they want to skip one for Miles Michaelis to try to maybe give him a little bit of breathing room to maybe get back on track there. And I don't think they'll do that. I think the answer to that would be six-man rotation and give Hudson a start, then go to Flaherty. Or if you you could go Flaherty on Monday, push Hudson back and the whole rotation back a day. And I don't think they will, but I could see the argument of saying, we're going to go six-man the rest of the season. We're going to go six-man two times through, one time through, or Hudson, you're out. I think all those things would be on the board. I'm sure our Ali Marmel knows what they're going to do relative to what they see from Flaherty tonight. Yeah, and on the on the Flaherty note, there, you know, this string of rehab starts has been positive. You know, he came out and he was only hitting about 94 in the first one, second one, and since then he's been touching 97 pretty consistently. That that gives me some positivity, but obviously, I think. It's hard to get too far out of your depth when you're talking about a guy who we've already seen go through a rehab situation and then immediately get another injury. And now, obviously, we're talking about the second one. And so I'm still a little wary in how much we're leaning on Jack Flaherty taking over Dakota Hudson and just being like, yep, he's Jack. Just because I, I just, you know, there's if it happens, it's nice. But where's the evidence that that's, that's going to happen? Great point. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up because we always leap to that. The Let's flip the coin over. What if he's awful? You've already dumped on Hudson. Now he's awful. What do you do? Fortunately, the Cardinals have an answer. 
Jake Woodford. I okay. Here's my thing. They, I don't, I do you. What is your take now that because we're jumping around? What is your take here on the Woodford situation? Because I think it's been one of the weirdest things in no the doubt. last couple of years uh, of the Cardinals. Not just the Cardinals handling a, a young player, but the Cardinals specifically the way they've handled a young pitcher like Woodford, who it seems like every time they use him. You know the line looks good. If you you know, I'm I'm not the kind of person who's going to break down. You know how much was you know, where, where was this? Where was you know how many inches was his cutter breaking? Where was you know and so on and so forth. But the numbers look pretty good. But there just seems to be something about Woodford that doesn't make the Cardinals you know you know jump out of their shoes. And I think that's the issue. He just he's a pitcher, and he almost lulls you to sleep. Um, I hearken back to the '90s. The Cardinals got a veteran out of the minor leagues named Bob Tewksbury. For those of you who don't know, go to Baseball Reference and look him up. He was a good pitcher on some bad teams. He was good. He couldn't break a pane of glass. Um, and he stayed. He languished in the minors for several years longer than he probably should have. And we asked in the in those days, asked Whitey Herzog why. And he went, well, I saw him pitch. I didn't think you could get anybody out. Yeah. So then finally, the Cardinals are so bad. Tewksbury forced their hand. He came up and he was terrific. I think he's the modern day Bob Tewksbury. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, just talking about, you know, kind of those Whitey comments, it reminded me a little bit of all these comments last night about Dakota Hudson when he's pretty much yeah. saying, you know, he, he, you know, his pitches look good, but he got beat by that lineup. And, you know, it's one thing when you say that about the Yankees or the Brewers even or, you know, the Braves. But uh, Cincinnati Reds being a lineup that just beats you when you're giving them the, your, what, what right now is relative your best stuff. I mean, I thought that was a pretty indicative – comment from Ali Marmol about his thoughts, you know, yeah. about Dakota Hudson going forward. And so just based on those thoughts, it would, it would shock me, honestly, going back to the six man rotation and the skipping a start rotation, um, you know, to keep him going, it would just shock me if Dakota Hudson gets another sharp, gets another start. And I think at this point, a good Flaherty obviously takes that spot, but I think my question comes to playoff time. Uh, if Flaherty isn't impressed with you or he's been up and down in the four starts he gets between now and the end of the season, who gets that roster spot? I don't, I don't, I do you, I don't have confidence in Hudson as a reliever because he doesn't, he, he doesn't have reliever kind of stuff to get people out. I wouldn't, if the situation is a couple up and down starts across maybe four or five starts for Flaherty, I wouldn't be confident putting him in lever, high leverage situations in the playoffs. So now I'm wondering what do you do now with that spot? Because the last thing I want to see, and I'm getting my, a little ahead of myself here, but nonetheless, the last thing I want to see is the Cardinals going into another playoffs with a pitcher roster spot that's essentially, oh, dead arm, we're not going to get to use him. We won't use him. All of a sudden, it's going to be 13 days before he's pitched, and we're going to realize we can't use him. And that's just happened too many times. Here, here's my thing. I think your point's a good one. But when we start to get into speculative things, what if what if everybody stinks? I, I mean, well, then, then there's no problem. Maybe, now, then, then it's all relative. Then you just keep everybody on the roster. Maybe a guy stinks. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's mediocre. Um, there's a month of data over a month, almost five weeks of data we'll be able to gather um, and really see. But it, so let's look at a couple scenarios. Flaherty is okay. Okay, then he probably starts. And maybe he's your fifth starter that you might not need in October. 
and he can give you another right hand, uh, another good right arm out of the bullpen. Let's say he's terrible. Well, you probably only need four starters uh, for the most part. In fact, if he's terrible and you don't want to go to Woodford, then you probably go four starters and maybe in October somebody pitches on short rest. Um, and now let's say he's great. Well, now you got an ace to go with two other guys who have been aces, really three um, in Montgomery and and uh, Wayno and Michaelis. So there's all there's several gradations of of these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's look at the nearer term. If Hudson's out, which we think that's probably the case, and Flaherty ends up stinking it up. I think the next logical choice is to give Woodford a couple of starts in September. And then let's, see what, let's see what that is before we determine what we're going to do in October. Yeah. I'm, I, I would honestly, again, I, I, he's, he's always impressed me when I've seen him. It's not the, like you said, it's not the most, you know, groundbreaking stuff. Like you said, Tewksbury is your comparison, and you heard yeah. you heard the way you phrase it as uh, he wouldn't break a pane of glass, which is just an absolutely wild uh, <laughs> way to phrase it. Uh, also, something just I keep forgetting about it, but it's possible because I think mid September, late September, he would be available then. If if Flaherty completely blows up and you don't have Hudson, maybe Stephen Matz gets another chance at the very end of the season, and if he looks anywhere close to a guy you can actually get stuff done, then maybe you have him there at the end, you know, at the end of the, the bullpen. You know, I think that would be more of an October thing because yeah. the Cardinals stated that he's going to work out of the bullpen and they don't expect him to be able to build up, um, build up stamina. But in your near uh, nuclear winter scenario, the, uh, if the other options all fail and you on a, you on an occasion where you might need a fifth starter, it would be pretty special circumstances. Maybe you would go with Matt's as an opener. Hey, can you give us three innings and something like that? It just, it's just another thing that can potentially change the equation. I think it's, it's so crazy here over August because the way the division has gone and the fact that unless there's just a crazy run from the cart, unless this crazy run from the Cardinals continues into the middle of September and the Mets, uh, continue to falter. There's not really that much of a discussion. You know, there's not really that much of a chance that they can jump out of that, you know, third overall spot in the National yeah. League and to, and to get the buy out of the, uh, you know, get the buy from the wild card week or the wild card series. So everything kind of felt over the last two weeks like finite. Like, oh, this is the Cardinals team we have. Okay, the pitching, the pitching is great. Look what the offense can do. And like you said, not just the pitching. So many things could change in the next month that could completely you know, change the dynamic of how we see the Cardinals. We could be looking at them as, you know, pretty strong going into the in, into the wild card. Let's see what happens here with the pitching. Do you have something deeper than three? So on and so forth. Does the offense get you through? Or Tyler O'Neill keeps rolling like this. Tommy Edmond, you know, starts to hit a little bit more. And all of a sudden the offense is just an absolute, you know, powerhouse. And Jack Flaherty's pitching well. And it's like, well, now we have a completely different mindset of this Cardinals team. And it's just crazy to me that it could change so much from August 31st to September 31st. And I, I think it says a lot about the, the depth that this team's built. Um, by the way, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. You know what I'm just, saying. Just saying. Yeah, okay, fine. August 31st to September 30th. <laughs> hey, Look, the depth of my knowledge just goes to nursery rhymes. That's In all I got. That's all I got. 
In the moment, I was like, I'm making a great point here. This is fantastic, Matt. Don't stop. <laughs> um, and then, and then, um, and, and so to wrap up, here's what, what I'm going to be looking for tonight. Miner is a lefty for the Reds. He's not good. Um, I'll be interested to see, just because I'm a nerd, does Ali go right back to his left-handed versus left-handed pitching lineup? Would he go Carlson O'Neill 1-2, even though Newt Barr and Donovan have been so good? I think he probably will, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be outrageous to stay with the two lefties up there because their splits aren't that dramatic anyway. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, every time I see a lefty, I'm only really thinking about one thing. And that's, that's you know, that. it's where, where's pool is going to be in the lineup. And yeah. It's because I'm selfish. It's because he's, he's you know, it's, it's only six away. If he gets one more and it's a lefty and it's in great American ballpark. If you know if this, it's a little different depending on what park you're in, but I mean, any chance that he can just, you know, catch one that would go three forty somewhere else and just, you know, shoot out the park in, in, in Cincinnati and it's a lefty and his, you know, sl- his slash line against minor, isn't fantastic. It's, you know, I think he's like 250 hitter, but he's got three or four home runs against him. So yeah, that's, that's really just what I want to see. The other thing for you lineup nerds out there, and for some folks, by the time you're watching it, the lineup may be out. Does he want to give DeYoung a look against the lefty? If he does, does he keep, then does he keep, you got to keep Tommy Edmond in there against the lefty. So that'd be your middle infield. But if he doesn't, and he's going to have one of the two left-handers play second base, Gorman's been buried a little bit lately. You want to give Gorman a day and give Donovan a day off. So there's all these little, none of them are earth shattering or major, but when you're a lineup nerd, that's kind of the stuff you look at. Yeah, would, you, would you call yourself a lineup nerd, Bob Ramsey? There's no question. I may be king of the nerds. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to see, oh, wow. Actually, you know what? I'm just kind of shocked by, he's only gotten 18 at bats against lefties, but his, his OPS is only, about 45 points lower. Who are we talking about? Uh, Nolan Gorman. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't it's not, it's, he, and they, they, they just haven't put him against lefties. Just and he hasn't all. played much lately. No, he hasn't. He's only has, so, he, only has, he only has 18 plate appearances over the last uh, five games, seven days. He's I wouldn't been, bet it. I wouldn't bet it, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went DeYoung Gorman up the middle tonight. He no, been, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't yeah, be shocked because Tommy's be, got to play. I'd be shocked if, Gol- if Gorman sees – anything beyond a pinch hit against a righty. He's betting 167 in his last 18 plate appearances over the last seven days. Yeah, if maybe so. Only, yeah, it only goes up to 211 if you go to the last 10 games and almost 50 plate appearances. Gorman's so, just been struggling. So, that, And that's kind of like my, my point that I made earlier. Any Every game right now has a potential for one of these younger guys who isn't having the season we expected just continue to build on this and completely change what the outlook is, especially in the outfield. I mean, if Carlson has a two-week stretch, if Newt Bar continues what him is doing, if Tyler O'Neill continues what he's doing, it's just the mindset and what you look at with this off with the offense is just completely different. And it's not like we're talking about an offense that really needs that much more. It's just the continuation and the fact of can you augment, you know, the number one and two guys in the NL MVP race. So the last thing for me, does uh, Ali go with DeYoung or Donovan? Um, he goes with DeYoung because for some reason, uh, or uh, I shouldn't say he, uh, they go with DeYoung, uh, because, Just because. It's, a, it's a good chance. It's a good chance to get a look at him. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't get the whole DeYoung thing at this point. I understand that I agree you, with you. you get some flexibility, but with Gore and, and it, listen, I think if Gorman was playing better at second base 
and you could lean on Tommy Edmond, and he was hitting a little bit better. And then you had Brendan Donovan just as your as you know the utility for either spot whenever you wanted to. I just I don't think that Paul DeYoung should unless he completely changes how he's hitting. I don't think Paul DeYoung should be on the postseason roster. And I know there's some people who are like, well, you need you need the flexibility of you know of hitters to keep them on there. But well, you'll have 14 position players. Yeah. So you have six guys on the bench. I think that's the way you look at it. How do you construct it? Yeah, I, and I understand that. But if, for me, it's, you know, I know you've been a, a little bit, I've heard you mention a couple times, but I mean, I, I just know I'm going to be a little bit perturbed by the September call-ups call and then the probably the postseason roster as well because uh, a certain a certain power-hitting um, now outfielder is going to be nowhere near them. And I understand why they don't yep. want to play the young guys. But, man, I, for some reason, you mentioned it like a week ago, and I'm like, you know what? Framer's right. Why wouldn't we call up – why wouldn't they call up Jordan Walker? Ask, the, the, Atlanta Bra- ask the Atlanta Braves. And 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 Paul DeYoung's roster spot in the postseason is now becoming the thing where I'm like, mm, why wouldn't they do it? Just just why not? Now, that would be the one move that I would be all in on. I'm with it. That's all the, I'm saying. I'm just, the, I'm just, the, Braves, I'm just, the Braves are – there's a lot of things going well. But the things that the thing with the Braves that push them to catching the Mets, the two kids they brought up, two minor leaguers they brought up. Okay, they can do it. Why can't we? Hey, if the rest of your young guys aren't hitting, might as well give another young guy a chance. Yeah. All right, that has been Daily Cards live here on August thirty first. Uh, when we start next month, it'll be a month with only 30 days, as Rammer told you. So tomorrow we'll be talking on September 1st, a little Daily Cards Live. Joe Roddick will be back. Thank you very much for Bob Ramsey for joining me today. I've been Matt Rocchio subbing in for Joe Roddick. Before we go, just a quick little note. I want, to t- want everyone to know about our wonderful sponsors. Rammer, tell them a little bit about Royal Banks of Missouri. Royal Banks of Missouri, locations all over. Well, St. Louis proper, St. Charles, the east side in Granite and Jerseyville, three relatively new branches in Northeast Missouri, and every one of them gives you the service you've become used to at Royal Banks of Missouri. Call them 314-212-1500. And about 45 minutes ago, I got a call from Munganass because they wanted to check in on me, see how the car is doing after I, I took it there last week. And that's the service you get at Munganass. So, I mean, again, get your car there if you want to. If you haven't gotten a car there, Take it there to get your maintenance work done because they're the only people I trust. And then you're going to be like me and you're going to probably be leaning on them for your next car when it comes back around. So give them a call. Check them out. They're the best. St. Louis, Munganess, St. Louis Acura. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Rammer. You have a great rest of yours. See you, buddy. You too. See you later, St. Louis. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars arriving daily, like the all-new 2023 Acura Integra. We also have a great selection of over 200 pre-owned and factory precision courtesy vehicles with finance rates as low as 1.9% for 36 months with approved credit. And we've added Saturday service hours to our newly renovated service facility. Don't forget, we'll buy your vehicle here at our dealership or from the convenience of your home. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.